Hi, we're Shannon and Jerry Arner. And our dog, Betty White. Your hosts of the Arner Adventures podcast. Could we have named it something more creative? Probably. But it's the name of our blog. It's our last name. We're on an adventure. Yada, yada, yada. After running our own business, working 24-7. And don't forget a mental breakdown in between. We made a lifestyle change and decided to make the most out of life. We sold our house, most of our belongings, downsized, and moved to the coast. We live life minimally, but fully. We live each day as an adventure. This show will help you learn how to live life more fully, with more intention, by experiencing more, and with less stuff. We'll talk about our own experiences, interview others who have much to share by creating a spark in our lives. Some days we'll share real life ongoings of what we're going through and others will talk about our favorite flavor of waffle. Come join our adventure. It's It's the the Arner Adventures Adventures Podcast. Podcast. Hello everybody, I'm Jerry. And I'm Shannon. Betty White, our pup, is here with us as always, and we are here for episode 10 of the Arner Adventures podcast. Today's episode is another Spark in Our Lives guest episode where we interview someone who has, well, been a spark in our lives. By the time this episode drops, it should be two, 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 two. That's two twenty two twenty two, February 22nd of 22, the 10th episode, and oh, wow. All things are aligning, right? Yeah, you're a numbers person. I mean, I am too. I do love when I look at the clock and it's like 11, 11 or, uh-huh. you know, but today, February 22nd, I think it's pretty great. And I think that it being the 10th episode and who our guest is today, I think she is is probably, I think she aligns well with, with today's date and today's episode number. Don't you think? Oh, I think she does too. And um uh... I've been well, I've been excited about this day since two two twenty two. It's been um, three about three weeks, and man, I was looking forward to it. And I knew that the twenty second would be a podcast day. And yes, this one oh. lines up just wonderfully. Okay. Before we get to our guests, let's talk about other things aligning. We have a wonderful review of the week. This one comes from Leah and Bo. Leah and Bo said, and I guess it's two of them, and they did a combo. A combo review. <laughs> Leia and Bo said, I love this podcast and the idea of minimalist living. This truly inspires me. Oh, me. So one person. Mm. This truly inspires me to make a change in my life. I can't wait to follow them as their journey continues and get ideas on how to better my life. <sighs> yeah. You know, we say this all the time and these are so heartwarming and so great. And, and it's going to kind of couple with today's episode, but you don't even know what uh, impact you have when you're putting this content out and to read a review like that. That's really great. And thank you so much, Leah and Bo. Oh yeah. It's just heartwarming. And it's a good way for us to move into the new week. It's it's any kind of encouragement like that. It's just, you carry it with you for a few days. Yeah. It's, It's good stuff. Thank you so much. Well, if you'd like to be our review of the week and get a chance to receive a gift from Sugar Wish, please take a moment and give us a five-star review or rating. We have an easy link for you all to follow. We're going to put it in the show notes, but it's lovethepodcast.com slash Adventures. And it really, really helps us, of course, to support us emotionally and spiritually, but it helps to support us to continue being creative and put more content out. 
Well, let's go ahead and get to our guest today. Well, our guest today is Elise Armitage. And I met Elise, of course, virtually about a year ago when I was sort of contemplating whether or not to have my own great resignation, which we've talked a lot about recently in episodes. Elise and I are in a similar networking circle. And someone connected me directly to her and her story and her story about how she left her corporate job at Google to blog full time and make her blog her business. What the fab. Her story is just so amazing. You know what? Let's just go ahead and get to the episode, shall we? We shall. Elise Armitage is the writer behind What the Fab a travel, fashion, and lifestyle blog based in San Francisco and founded in 2012. On What the Fab, Elise shares inspiration with a pinch of zest, served with a side of real talk. She is a firm believer that you can be of both substance and style. At the beginning of 2019, Elise left her corporate job at Google to chase her dreams, being an entrepreneur, and helping women find fabulous in the everyday. Elise is also a host of the What the Fab podcast, where I have learned so much. I implemented much of my own scheduling routine, batch work days, working smarter, not harder. Uh, you know, when I put on makeup, those are the days I do content <laughs> from, from one of her episodes. Um, and I, I learned so much from, from a lot of her podcast episodes. And Honestly, Elise, you may or may not like to be referred to as this, but for someone like me, you're sort of an OG in this world and just a badass when it comes to being in the blogger, influencer, content creator world. Now, for us uh, old school types, OG is original gangster. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, Elise, you are a true businesswoman and I respect the hell out of you. So without further ado, welcome Elise Armitage. Oh, thank you so much. That was such a kind intro. I'm so happy to be chatting with you today. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. So you are a busy globe trotting gal. Um, Like I said, you're a travel blogger. I know that there's a little bit of a time difference. You're on the West Coast, we're on the East Coast. Are you in California right now? That's where you live? Yep, I live in California. I'm born and raised California girl and travel is probably... 80% of my blog content. And then I also cover like fashion, lifestyle, beauty, now home decor since we bought our first house during the pandemic. Um, But yeah, we usually have a pretty busy travel schedule. You and I have talked a little bit before the show. We had some audience questions and I had asked them, which we're going to get into some of those later about what they are. But I will tell you, we got a lot of questions, of course, about how you left Google. And, you know, people hear Google and it's, oh my gosh, you left Google. And, you know, (laughs) I'm sure you've heard a million times about you left Google, you left Google. And so I want to start by saying she has an episode. It's episode number two of her What the Fab podcast. It's called Why I Left My Job at Google to Blog Full Time. You should definitely go and listen to that. We're going to put it down in the show notes. And that is more deep dive. Um, You know, we can have a whole podcast here repeating her podcast. No point in that. (laughs) So it goes into a deep dive about the logistics of it. But what we really wanted to sort of lead into with you, Elise, is 
we've had a lot of conversations lately about the great resignation. And a lot of people having all of these thoughts about what is really matter mattering in their lives and having these second thoughts about their careers and their passions. And you sort of had this pre-COVID. We wanted to kind of talk to you about that transition and you having that sort of epiphany then. And, and was there a catalyst that made you say, okay, I'm going to do this, taking that sort of great leap of faith? Was it one thing? Was it something that you had sort of planned all along or sort of the emotional part behind it? I feel like that's a lot of questions, but can you sort of <laughs> have a little bit of a conversation about that transition? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, like you said, Shannon, it's in episode two, I kind of go into like a lot of the logistics of like, here's how much I wanted to um, be seeing my my side hustle, my blog at the time be bringing in before I felt comfortable, like here's kind of the things that led to this decision. Um, but really, it was just something that was in the back of my mind for a very long time. Both my parents are entrepreneurs. So I kind of knew from a young age that eventually I did want to run my own business. I just didn't really know what that would be. And then I started my blog just as a passion project. And then it evolved into my side hustle. And then now my full time job. Um, but when it was my side hustle, I was working on it nights and weekends. And for a while, I was thinking, you know, wouldn't it be cool if someday I could turn this into my full-time business. And when I started my blog in 2012, the term influencer wasn't even a term. Like the the landscape um, and the industry was just so different back then. And it's really evolved and like blown up. I mean, it's crazy. Like brands now have proper budget for influencer marketing. And so I just kind of was seeing this growth both in the influencer marketing industry and then also within my own channels, my Instagram and my blog. And I had been thinking about it for years. I knew that it was something I wanted to do. Um, I had a lot of conversations with my husband about it. And it was just kind of like, I think it's now or never. Like we don't have kids. So we're not, you know, I think if I felt financially responsible for like tiny humans, that would have made it a more difficult <laughs> decision. Right. But you know, my my husband Omid was like, you're you're already making money from it as your side hustle. So like imagine what you can do if you're putting your full-time energy into it. And right. also like if things go south, if you decide you actually only love it as like your passion project and you don't want it to be the main source of your income, like you worked at Google, you can get a job at Google again or somewhere else and it's not the end of the world and you tried it, but like you've got to try it. Um, and it also is kind of a culmination in terms of timing. I had just led this really big um, project at Google where I was like the global PM for our International Women's Day event series. And it was kind of like this huge opportunity, like really, really high visibility. Like we've got, you know, all these like all the like biggest badass like female SVPs in the company, like speaking at one of these events and just like it was a really um, kind of like big moment for my career at Google. And then afterwards, I was like, okay, what do, what do I want to do now? Like, I, I did this really cool thing at Google. And I'm kind of at this point where I need to decide, like, do I want to move to a different team and like, try to climb the corporate ladder a bit more? Do I want to manage people? Or like, 
well, what I really want to do, I know what I really want to do. I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> I want to be running my own business. Right. And so I kind of took some time off after that um, big event series. I took like a month off and I just like traveled around because, you know, some of the events, it was a global series. So I went to some of the different events that we had and then took some time off to just be abroad. I traveled with my family. My husband came out and met me. And the whole trip, I was trying to convince myself, like, I should just stick it out at Google, maybe like a couple more years, save some more money, like, you know, vest more <laughs> stock, just kind of like stick it out. And then when I got back to the office, I stepped in and I was like, oh, I, I can't do this one more day. Like, I, I have to like, I need an exit plan now. And so that's when I started like, deciding like, okay, you know, looking at like my my vesting calendar, like, okay, I'm going to wait for this date to happen. I'm going to take the holiday break and then I'm going to put my notice in. Um, and that's, that's how it happened. I just got chills. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good story. I love yeah. it. I love it. I love it. It's interesting because most people would be on vacation talking themselves into quitting and not the other way around, you know? That was my thought. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's funny. I mean, I was so, I was really nervous to do it. And like, when, you know, kind of what you were saying earlier, like most people hear Google and they're like, wow, like Google, you know, I mean, it's constantly on the, like listed as number one on Forbes is like best companies in the world to work for list. And so I kind of was like, well, you know, maybe I can do both. Like I'll have my blog and I'll still work at Google and I'll have that cushy salary and the benefits. And my job was doing events around the world. So I got to travel a lot on Google's dime. Like that was pretty sweet. Um, yeah. I, I had a sweet job there. I just, I knew that I wasn't cut out to work for anyone. <laughs> and it's hard. You know, we had our own business and I think the hardest thing is then going to work for someone else after that. It just, it's really hard. It's <laughs> yeah. really hard. Yeah. Um, I, I told my husband that like, I, I don't, I think I'm like fully not employable at this point after, <laughs> after a few years of only working for myself i especially because i'm very like um you know the different i work with a lot of different brands and yeah. the the account managers or the the people that i work with and continue to work with like yeah. i i choose to work with the ones that are obviously you know brands that i i love but also like they're lovely and wonderful yeah. to work with. And I had an experience recently where um, I was chatting with a potential brand partner and the the woman was just so um, kind of like accusatory and like just really negative energy. It was, it was really strange. And I was like, I don't think this is going to work. Like that's not something that, you know, I look right. for um, when it comes to like working with someone. And when you're in a corporate environment, you don't really have that option. I mean, you can switch right. teams and, you know, get a new manager, but like that takes a lot of effort in doing. Um, and yeah, so I had that happen recently and I was like, oh yeah, I'm out of practice of like nodding and smiling and pretending <laughs> to like go along with, you know, whatever. Yeah. Right. You kind of went into this a little bit, but when you first went on your own, did you, I know you said you had financial goals and and things that you need you knew you had in place but did you you know when you left and you went home did you try to stay on the same schedule did you the same routine that you had worried that you were gonna sort of fall out of line of like you know did you stay on the same work schedule that you had at google well i'm a workaholic so i wasn't worried about like 
discipline. It's it's interesting because I have had some people. Um, one of them actually was a friend of mine at Google, and she she was so hardworking um, in that corporate environment, and she left to do her own events related business. And she told me like, I am just really struggling with like working. I have no motivation. Like I'm not focused. And I was so like surprised because she was such a dedicated employee. Um, yeah. Like interesting that like flip to hear that. Um, but I, I mean, I never had a morning routine when I worked at Google because I was just like, I would sleep until the last possible minute and then like run out the door <laughs> to get to for, like, a reasonable time where like it wouldn't raise any eyebrows because I'm not a morning person. Um, so that was something that I started when I was working for myself and working from home. I started having a morning routine and I was like, okay, oh my gosh, this is so nice. Um, and I also was really conscientious about like trying to keep my working hours like between nine to five and shutting off in the evenings because for six and a half years when I was working on my blog as my side hustle, I would work evenings and weekends. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I, I want to stop that habit and, you know, have that free time for myself for, you know, seeing my friends, hanging out with my husband. Um, so I've done a pretty good job of like maintaining that schedule. Um, and then recently, starting last year, I kind of was experimenting with it. And this year, I'm like full throttle with it. But um, now I don't work Fridays. So I would do a four-day work week. And I do Monday through Thursday, which has been a freaking game changer. I actually was inspired by Amy Porterfield for that one because uh -huh. she and her team started doing that last year. Uh -huh. um, and I actually met her because I was part of um, Julie Solomon's mastermind group, which her yeah. Facebook group was where you and I first connected. Yeah. Yeah. And Amy came to our um, retreat and she was like, well, I haven't talked about this yet, but my team is experimenting with doing this four day work week thing. And it's been awesome. And one thing that she said that really like just hit me was um, she was like, take it from me. Like, don't work your life away. Like it's, Mm. the success and the money and everything like you know you have to have those those boundaries and that balance and I was like I mean I you know admire her so much she's like such a such a boss in the online space. yeah yeah um, so for to hear her say that I was like okay I took that really seriously and I was like okay what what would I like to be doing differently in terms of my schedule um and how can I make that happen because I run my own business so I in some ways it can kind of feel like you don't have the flexibility because you almost want to be working on it all the time and like all the free hours that you have because it's your yeah. business and your baby. Yeah. Um, so it's sometimes hard to create those boundaries, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to try this and see how it feels. And turns out it feels really great to have three day weekends every weekend. Yeah. And do you find that you're more motivated to work on the four day set with the incentive of the three day weekend? I mean, I, motivation for me is like, it's just never an issue. I'm like, I wake up on Mondays and like, I'm like ready to go. Like, it's yeah. nice to have that, that rest, but I'm like, okay, what's going on with the business? Like, what yeah. am I getting done? I do find that having three day weekends and only a four day work week makes me um, probably more like intentional with my time because I have um, one less day that I I'm working. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I, I mean, I already did like the time batching and, and everything, but it's very like, I got to stay on track because I know that like my Thursday is actually my Friday and I'm like wrapping things up at the end of Thursday. 
Right. I could definitely see that. Oh, uh, yeah. So in a sense, it, it's helped with uh, mental discipline and, and such. Yeah, like staying on on task, like on keeping time, my yeah. phone out of sight, out of mind, unless I'm posting on Instagram, um, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. No, that's pretty neat. Yeah, which I started doing. That's what I was, I, I was telling you. I got that from her. Yeah. I'm just, I... I, and I don't know if I heard this from you or where I heard this of how long it takes you to get back on task if you're disrupted. Mm -hmm. And it, it's true with me. It just, I cannot get disrupted. I, I, if I do, it just really, that's honestly, it really takes me so long to get back on task. Yeah. And so when I heard that podcast of yours, that's when I did, I stopped. I just stopped. I shut it down and I, we have a nanny cam for our dog and, and you can tap into it. And I thought, you know what, if it's an emergency and he's out of the house, he can tap into that nanny cam and scare the shit out of me and yell if he needs to. And that's how he'll get in touch with me. And I'll just shut it down. And at lunch, I'll tap back into him and say, Hey, I'm back online, you know, whatever. But I have to, I have to just do that because I get distracted. Yep. Not to be a negative about it, because I think you do have a great positive mindset. And I think everyone notices that. But do you, did you ever, when you left, say, okay, I'm going to have a timeline for if this doesn't work out, I'll go back to Google? Um, that's or did you just say, I'm going to think positive? <laughs> that's a great question. I think I, I actually never gave myself like a time limit. I just was like, let's just see what happens. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and it just, I mean, I did have kind of these ideas in my mind of like things I would have to do, like other streams of revenue I would need to bring in. Like I thought that I was going to have to be hustling for like clients and doing like consulting and social media management on top of all the usual kind of blog stuff. Yeah. Um, but my like really what ended up happening was I was just so busy with like brand campaigns and writing for the blog that um, I did dabble in like trying some of those different things, but it wasn't like how I pictured like, okay, you're going to have to really like knock on doors and like get clients that you're doing their social media or creating content for them, doing photo shoots for them. Um, so that was different than kind of what I expected. Your content being so travel heavy, especially, you know, pre and, and now we're getting into a, maybe a better situation, but, and you went full time in 2019, having no idea what was coming. <laughs> um, what was the, what was that pivot like for you? I mean, were you, I'm imagining there was a point where you were scared as hell. I'm imagining that you had things that were booked that started canceling. Mm -hmm. And did you sort of go, okay, I'm going to have to pivot and I'm going to go more towards the other parts of my lifestyle brand or, you know, what, what was that like? Did you have a backup plan or did you just pivot quickly? What was that like? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. So 2019, I mean, it was like, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm free. I'm a travel blogger. I'm like going to go to Italy for a month and like blog about it. Like it was amazing. And then 2020 hit and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. So fortunately I, I am travel and lifestyle. And within yeah. that lifestyle category, I talk about like basically anything I want to, yeah. um, fashion, beauty, even like recipes. Yeah. Um, so I, I did like lean more into creating content around 
lifestyle categories. Um, but there was definitely like when the pandemic first hit and there was just so much, like everyone was so scared and freaked out and there was so much uncertainty. I lost probably like $20,000, $25,000 worth of brand deals that had been like either signed and they just canceled it or about to be signed and like the contract was out about to be inked and they nixed it. Um, so that was really, really scary. And I definitely had you know, some feelings of like, all right, I had a good run. I was a full-time <laughs> blogger for a year, but like back to Google I go. Like, yeah. <laughs> apparently this isn't what's meant to be. Um, and so I definitely had like, you know, some periods in there where I was just like moping around, like really not sure what to do. I don't know if you've seen this meme, but um, there's this meme of like a skeleton fairy and it's like a skeleton with a tutu and a, a little wand. And it's like when you're dead inside, but you're trying to bring joy to others. <laughs> yeah. <I'm thinking laughs> that was me trying to blog when the pandemic first hit. I'm like, what can I write about what people like care about right now? So I definitely like threw myself a little pity party when all those campaigns got canceled. And then I was like, okay, like what, you know, what can I do? Um, with the current situation, what can I write about that will be helpful for people? So I started creating a lot of like quarantine related content. I mean, this was like when we were literally locked down. So I was like, 100 things to do in lockdown, like my daily routine during quarantine, um, how to celebrate a birthday during quarantine, how to celebrate an anniversary during lockdown. And those wow. posts started like really picking up steam. And for like a good year, they were like bringing in a lot of my traffic um, and like really helping grow like my um, email subscribers. And, you know, I just was like really seeing a lot of traffic going to those. Fortunately, since we're not in lockdown anymore, traffic to like how to have a quarantine birthday has died down. Um, oh, also like virtual game nights and virtual happy hours doing posts about that when those were really popular. So I was just trying to figure out like, what can I create that's valuable for people right now? And yeah. that was like really where I put a lot of my focus. And um, I yeah. mean, I, I definitely remember, especially in June with um, the murder of George Floyd and the protests and everything just on top of the, the weight of the pandemic. I mean, there were days where I was like, I don't I don't feel like working because like, what is the point? Like, nobody wants to read my post about like virtual game nights right now because it's like there's just so much heaviness and yeah. in the world so I definitely you know I I try to keep it positive but I certainly went through like ups and downs during that period and I look back on it now and I'm like oh man I could have been like busting out so much like blog posts and writing other you know posts about like trips that I've taken that I haven't written content for, but it's really hard to feel motivated to write a post about top 10 things to do in Kuzco when you're in lockdown, you know? So yeah, I try not to like beat myself up over it too much and just, you know, know that like that was a crazy time and we were like going through this like weird, unprecedented experience. And like if I needed to take some time to just kind of like chill out and lie in bed and watch Sex in the City reruns, then like that's what I needed yeah. to do. Mental wellness is something we talk a lot about here on Orner Ventures, which is great. It should be part of the daily conversation. Mental wellness is important. We wanted to share a resource that we love, have used, and refer to others. It is a game changer in helping you find a therapist to match your specific needs. 
Full transparency, I remember being at one of my lowest points a few years ago, desperate for help, needing a therapist who had a specific skill set. I'd been calling around, Googling, trying to make a connection with someone who could help me. No one understood the level of grief I was experiencing. And when I finally called my local crisis and assessment center, thinking they could help me, I couldn't get help there either. Here's the thing. Finding a therapist should not be this difficult. We have found a wonderful resource that takes all of the difficulty away from matching you with a therapist to fit your specific needs and preferences. It's Mental Health Match. Mental Health Match literally takes the stress out of finding a therapist by answering just a few questions. It's free to use, takes minutes, and is the easiest way to find a therapist. You can choose therapy approaches, topics to tackle, skills you want to learn, and if there are traits about a therapist that are important to you, you can choose those too. If price is a concern, you can choose insurance, no insurance. You can search that route as well. You can also find therapy options for in-person or virtual. Once you have your therapist matches, you can choose whether or not you want to share your information or contact them on your own. Like I said, I've used this. We've shared this with friends and family who have used this option. It's such an easy process. We encourage you to give it a try. Finding someone to talk to is so important in maintaining mental wellness. Visit mentalhealthmatch.com to find a therapist that is the best match for you. It's the easiest way to find a therapist. You segued to something I was going to talk about further, but I'm going to go ahead and get into it. Obviously, you're on here because when we have guests, it's because they're an inspiration to us and we call it spark in our lives because it really is a spark. And so we love that there are, there are certain people who really inspire us in certain ways and literally had this conversation about how there are certain people in this industry who are, and I hate that word authentic. I mean, everybody says it, and, and, but I really do mean it in the real way. Authentic. <laughs> authentic. And I'm going, I am getting somewhere, but I, I always think about, it was just in the beginning when I first started kind of, when met you, I'm using my finger quotes, when so many hate crimes against um, Asian Americans were going on and still are, but when, when the height of that was going on, I think it was like last summer and you had put on your story, your Instagram story that you have a platform and you're not using it to speak out against any hate crime, then shame on you. And that night, Jerry came home from work. It seems like it was recent, right? It was soon after we had put up a post Black Lives Matter and had put up um, a protest sign that said uh, white, white violence equals silence. White silence equals violence, I'm sorry. And we had lost... Um, a significant amount of followers. Yeah. I mean, those people are not, are they're not our community, but it's still like, oh, you know, it's still kind of like a little jarring. But when you said that, that night, I showed it to Jer and I was like, not like you, you gave us permission, but it was like, you sort of validated what we were thinking. I was like, fuck yes, <laughs> that's exactly Right. And I'm not in your shoes, at least when I put things out there um, and we lose followers. I'm always like, well, okay, 
bye. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. You know, why were you following us anyway? Then I kind of say, well, were we, were we not putting who we really were out there anyway? So it makes me sort of start um, thinking about our content more. And then I started, started saying, okay, we need to make sure we're being more authentic. We need to make sure that we're putting our true selves out there. So my whole point in saying this <laughs> um, that I so appreciated you saying that and that you always do, even when you, when someone called you out about being, um, about what was going on in Palestine and all that, and you, and you said, look, I didn't, I didn't know, and I still don't know, and I'm trying to educate myself about it. I loved that. You know, I just think you're so authentic and it, it's rare. I guess that's what I'm saying. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. And I, I think, you know, after like, just kind of watching how people responded and how, how certain influencers spoke up or didn't speak out, um, like in, in June of 2020, um, uh, when the Black Lives Matter, um, protests were happening and, and kind of like before there was like the, um, I don't remember what day of the week it was, but it was, it was like blackout Tuesday or like people were, you know, yeah. posting like kind of before that, like who was speaking up about this. And it, yeah. it was just kind of like, there were things that I was noticing and it could be, it could have been a friend of mine who's an influencer, or it could have been an influencer that I don't know personally that I follow, but there were just, there were certain ways of, um, acknowledging what was happening that felt right to me. And there were certain ways that felt fucked up to me. And the ways that felt right to me were people that were like having actual conversations that were taking some kind of action, like saying like, here is an organization that I'm donating to. I would yeah. love for you to consider to do the same. Yeah. And the ways that felt wrong to me were people that were posting, you know, a Martin Luther King quote, and then a, a story about their brunch right after. And it's just yeah. like, that's not really doing anything or like, you know, a quote about like, Jesus loves everybody. Like, okay, no, like say black lives, like say they matter, you know, like it just, it, it's like this weird kind of tiptoe. And I think that probably they were having some of the same um, kind of thoughts of like, I might lose followers if I, you know, come out and say, you yeah, X, Y, Z. Um, and I think that like, yeah, no one wants to lose followers, but also like for me personally, like I, I just wouldn't feel right. Not like speaking my truth and like saying what I stand for and what I don't stand for. Right. Um, and I also, after, you know, after the, the year that we've had and everything, and then like last year with hate crimes against Asian Americans happening, like I felt being on the end of that where, you know, I'm like, okay, this, this just happened. Like these several women were murdered at these, at these spas and, and massage places. Yeah. And then to like go on Instagram and see people just like going about their day and like not acknowledging what's happening in our country. Like, yeah, that really, really hurt. And yeah. so then when things were happening in Sheikh Jarrah and that was starting to like become a topic of conversation. And as I was reading more about it, um, you know, I have a close friend who is Palestinian and she was posting about like, Hey, friends who aren't talking about this, like your silence is deafening. 
And I was like, oh, my God, like, I don't want any of my followers to feel like I'm ignoring what's happening, that I'm not acknowledging them. Like, I want them to feel seen and heard and acknowledged. And so that was when I shared a couple of graphics that was like, quote, explaining what was happening in Sheikh Jarrah and the, you know, conflict between Israel and Palestine, which it was just really interesting to see I had never been in a situation where I realized like oh I actually don't know what's right I don't right. know what's right and what to say and um you know I obviously I've posted about Black Lives Matter I've posted about my feelings about Trump I've posted about stop Asian hate all of those things like you can disagree with me but like yeah. I know what is right to me But within this situation, what I was realizing was like, it was so much more complex. And um, while I was getting messages from both sides of people saying like, thank you for posting this. I'm so glad you acknowledged this. And then other people saying like, this is anti-Semitism. How dare you? I was just like so confused. And so I took, you know, a couple of weeks to just digest and like talk with friends who are Palestinian, talk with friends who are Jewish, um, with a friend who lives in Israel, listen to seminars. And, you know, there was one point where like, I was reading some article, it was super late at night. And my husband looks at me and he goes, okay, honey, the brightest minds and so much money has been spent trying to solve the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. I don't think you're going to find it tonight in that article. Yeah. Like, maybe go to bed. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it's it it's became, like, very, like, all-consuming. And um, yeah. so what I ended up doing was posting on my stories later and, and saying, like, this is kind of what I've learned. And while I, I agree that like the graphic that I shared was maybe too like black and white and painting, you know, Israel a certain way, I do, you know, respect human rights and like believe that all humans should be free. Um, and I do believe that this is like a very nuanced conversation and I'm learning a lot. Like here are some resources that are helping me. And yeah. also here is where I'm donating to. Um, And it was an organization that was like medical relief for children in Palestine. And like, I still got people upset with me for donating to that. So it just, and I said in my stories, I was like, I know some of you are not going to be happy with me for saying this. And it's just, it was an issue that it was, it is so divided. And so like, and you know, it wasn't something that I really was I was not an expert. I am still not an expert. So I think that like, yes, it sucked. Like I cried really, really hard during those two weeks trying to figure out like, you know, why can't I figure out like what is what I believe what's right. Yeah. Um, But I think that sharing that experience is important. And it's, it's what encourages people to have conversations. Because if you're just like, I don't know, that sounds complicated. And I'm not going to figure it out. Like, that also yeah. doesn't, you know, do anything. So, yeah. Well, and it encouraged us to have a conversation. And it, I mean, that night, and I think a few nights even into it, and then even January 6th, we did, oh, every January, we do like this minimalism challenge. And that that month, we were sharing something we were getting rid of. And it was this fun thing. That January 6th, that night, we were just standing there like, well, this feels really dumb. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get on here and talk about 
six things we're getting rid of today. Like what? Get rid of our dignity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So instead we just posted and we were like, we don't feel right doing this. Today has been a terrible day in our country. We're not going to post six things we're getting rid of today. So yeah. Like just making an effort to like, be aware of what is going on. Like I, I launched my podcast on January 6th. It was like a half hour before the insurrection happened. And oh. like some things are just outside of your control. Like as soon as I heard kind of Omid was like, are you seeing like what's happening at the Capitol? Like there's like people starting to like protest there. And I was just like, so focused on my launch. I'm like, what? Yeah. Okay. Whatever. And I'm like launching yeah. it. And then, like, yeah. yeah. And then like two hours later, it's like this shit show. And I'm like, oh, this is probably not a great, great day to launch my, my podcast. But like, it, it's definitely like, just trying to be aware of what's going on. And I think it's hard because we're not news outlets. Like I'm not a, a new, I'm not a journalist, you know, I'm not yeah. trying to pretend to be one, but it's a balance between, you know, just sharing like within the context of what's happening and just kind of being aware of that. And if you have a platform of any type, any size, it's the, it's a terrible thing to waste. If yeah. you, if you have one, we'll get to something a little bit more positive now. <laughs> <laughs> on him before we got on the podcast, I said, you know what? She does a really, okay. And we said this to Alvin, we had Alvin Wayne, who was an interior designer in New York. And I said this exact same thing to him. And I don't say this to everybody, but I, I said this to him. And I'm going to say this to you, too. And I said, you know what we told Alvin? This is what Elise does, too. You cannot tell the difference between your content, your, your non-brand, your non-paid content and your, and your content. And that is great content. I mean, when you look at the feed and you just see it and you're like, oh, yeah, that, that's her. And we talked about this with your presets, too. That um, I mean, there's just a, a, a brand and you know that that is what the fab, you know that's Elise's work, and you just don't know and because it, it's all high quality. And so my, my question here is, did that take skill all along? Did you ease into that? Or had, did you kind of always have that? you know, from the beginning or, you know, is that something that you sort of developed? Yeah. Well, thank you. That's such a nice compliment. Um, I think like overall my, um, content creation has just gotten better and better over the years. Like if you look back at the photography and, you know, editing style from eight years ago, it would look very, very different than how it looks now. Um, <laughs> But it's just kind of like trial and error and kind of figuring out like what my style is. And then obviously developing the presets really helped with that because then it's like everything that you see on my feed has the presets on it. So that helps it have a cohesive look. Yeah. Um, but when I'm shooting for a brand and like, you know, it can also sometimes it's like really tricky. Like sometimes it's a brand where I'm like, how like I this makes sense for me, but how can I create a story around it that is going to make sense within the feed? Um, so usually it's just kind of like mood boarding, like concepting it out, figuring out like what's going to vibe with the brand because you want to make them happy. And then what's going to vibe with my feed and with my audience. Um, and 
my husband, I mean, he has gotten really great at photography. So like sometimes we'll bounce ideas off of each other um, when I'm working with a brand. And a lot of times it's like, it's something that would, you know, naturally fit into my travels or my life. So it's just kind of trying to do a combination of um, incorporating it into like an everyday moment or a trip or something. And another kind of like trick that I, not trick, but just like thing that I do to keep the the feed curated is like, if it's a product and maybe it's like a smaller product, like I'll give an example, like Ritual Vitamins. I work with them uh-huh. a lot. They're a great brand partner. I love them, love their product. Um, if I'm going to do a shoot for them and it's going to be in feed, it's usually going to be a carousel because I want the first photo to be like me in it with like maybe Ritual on the counter, but like it's a small bottle. So I would totally not be surprised if they if I give them that one photo and they were like we can hardly see the bottle so what I will do is I'll make it a carousel and the second one is like a more kind of like close-up photo of Ah. the bottle on the counter or in my hand or something so that way it's kind of like you know it's giving you that like aesthetic photo in the in the feed um and I know from looking at my analytics that a photo with me in it always performs better than yes a photo without me in it um, so it's getting, you know, better engagement and impressions and, um, and so forth. But then there's also kind of like that close up, like brand recognition. That's like, you know, here's the product. This is, this is what it looks like. Yeah. Oh, this is good info. <laughs> <laughs> this is stuff people would pay for. <laughs> Are you good for the audience questions? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So. One of the questions were, and you answered a little bit, but you could probably go into depth a little bit more. What are some of your self-care practices? Oh, I love this question. I feel like self-care kind of got like, became this like buzzword and it got kind of like monetized and weird over the last like few years. (laughs) But like, I love self-care. It's like- I do too. Yeah, it's so important. So um, my morning routine is a big part of my self-care. I- journal every single morning, um, you know, make myself a cup of coffee. I read the daily stoic, which is just like, it's one page a day. It's not even a full page. It's usually like a paragraph. Um, and Ryan holiday, like basically curated all of these different, like, um, quotes from ancient stoics. Um, and it's all about just kind of like, life wisdom, like how to live a better life. So each month is a different theme. And so sometimes like the theme might be um, acceptance, like accepting things that you can't change, um, you know, using reason over like kind of fiery emotions, like anger, envy, um, lots of different kind of like just, it's just like a nice way to start your day. And then that kind of will lead to my journaling prompts. Um, So that's part of my morning routine and then other things for self-care I mean I I have to get like a really good workout in at least a few days a week it's just like how I cope with stress it's the way that I really stress and I definitely notice it if I don't you know get my workout in it's been a few days I'm like oh I'm kind of being a bitch right now (laughs) I haven't worked out in a few days that could be why so that's a big one for me um I do. I love like trying different skincare products and tools like different, you know, like the Beauty Bio Glow Pro, the New Face, like just 
taking some time for like skincare, self-care. Yeah. Um, and then just like getting a massage every once in a while, like treating myself to that. Um, yeah. Even just like taking a bath and reading a book, lighting a candle. Yeah. Oh, that all sounds so dreamy. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a pretty avid journaler, but I'm a little bit more inconsistent than I'd like to be. But I notice when I do it on the regular, I just feel better about things. Yeah. In general. And it also, for me, like it helps me realize things. Like um, I just realized the other day. So my husband, um, he also is a, a business owner and he's a partner at an architecture firm. And they've just been having like a crazy couple of months and he's been working super late nights and weekends. And I realized while I was journaling the other day that like, because he's been working late, I've been kind of like falling back into old patterns and being like, well, I have nobody to hang out with. I have nothing else to do. Like, I might as well work on a blog post. Like, I might as well do this. Well, and mm -hmm. I realized that it's making me really grumpy. And I kind of was, it, you know, just kind of in the moment felt so like, oh, I have nothing else to do. I'll just, you know, update this, send this email, write this blog post. And I, when I was journaling, I realized I was doing it. And so, yeah, it can just help you like take a step back to kind of like look at things, situations, behaviors, and make changes based on what you're, you're seeing. Um, oh, and meditation is another one. I actually yeah. have a, um, my goal this year is to meditate every day. And I haven't broken it yet, but it's only, it's only mid-February, but <laughs> we'll see. I mean, that. okay. It's That's like, great. it feels really, really good to have that as part of my routine. And I was not a person, like I meditated a little bit before, yeah. Um, but I was definitely, it was like, I had to force myself and now it's like, yeah. I look forward to it. I'm someone who could not, could not, Jerry's a big meditation person, but I could not, cause I can't, I couldn't, I couldn't whine. My brain just couldn't do it. Well, I'm yeah. big on the idea of it. Yeah. I, I'm not necessarily he, that good at it. But, but he taught me, yeah. um, and we've talked about this in, in your blog, so I don't, I don't think you would mind me sharing it. Not at all. That he, um, his therapist talked talk to him about um, the 54321, um, and we'll link to it, but it's just like this really quick meditation. It doesn't have to be a long meditation, but it's yeah. just a real quick meditation. And I do that on my walks in the morning when I get down to the to the water. And I just quickly spend just maybe five or 10 minutes. And, and that helped me get into meditating just where mm -hmm. I, I, if I knew I didn't have to take a really long time. And that was what five things you can see four things you can hear. hear and you just go through your you, senses. Yeah. So it yeah. takes you out of your head a little bit and engages you with your senses. So I guess there's a lot of different ways to meditate. Yeah. And a I lot mean, of times with me, it's just concentrating on my breathing, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that I really love having kind of like tools like that or yeah. you know, to kind mm -hmm. of get into it. And and I use Headspace and it just yeah. it's helpful for me to have somebody to like guide me through it. Because yeah. otherwise, yeah, I'll just think about work if I'm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't realize what how your mind is working until you take a step, take a step back. Or like yeah. if you're journaling, you're going. Wow, I'm writing this stuff down. That was just traveling through my head, and I wasn't even thinking about it. Exactly. You know? yeah. yeah, it's funny. Okay, so this person must have heard this on one of your podcasts because I think I heard this, but then you talked about your husband too. But is it difficult to shoot photos alone, and how long does it take you? Mm, yes. So 
I mean, I used to have Omid take all of my photos. Yeah. And a couple of years ago, I decided that I needed to get better with a tripod so I could shoot my stuff because, you know, he's got he's got his business like he's busy yeah. during the week. So we would shoot on weekends and we would kind of, I you know, would let some of my campaigns sort of pile up and I'd be like, OK, we're going to knock out five <laughs> shoots today <laughs> so that we just, you know, shoot maybe like one day a week or sorry, one day a month. Um, and then I was like, I would really like to have the flexibility to not do that. And he's such an angel. He is like, I'm happy to do it. Like, however I can support you. Like, I don't mind spending my weekend doing it. And I'm like, well, I'm starting to mind spending my weekend doing it. So let yeah. me figure out an alternative. So I do shoot most of my brand campaigns myself now with a tripod and it, it has taken some trial and error just to kind of figure out like what equipment I need and how to get it to, you know, for what I'm visualizing to be able yeah. to be like what I'm, I'm shooting and what the final kind of like look is. Um, so I, and you know this from listening to my podcast, but I will batch like my shoot days. So for example, last week I just had a shoot day and I shot three different campaigns for different brands that I'm working with. And I will set up a tripod and then I will also use a second tripod to like stand in for myself so I can get the the depth of field and the focus right. Mm. And then a trick that I learned from a girlfriend of mine who's also a blogger is um, I have to take, it might be different for other people's cameras, but I have to take my focus off of manual or sorry, off of automatic yeah. after I get the right, you know focus and and set it to manual so that it doesn't try to like readjust yeah um because I was like why do I keep coming up blurry like this is so frustrating I thought I had the right focus um and then I just got a little you know um clicker so that I can like hit that like, and, like a remote throw it. yeah exactly and just yeah. like, throw it in a drawer or something um and it definitely takes me longer than like if I were to have Omi just come over and snap some photos for me um but I prefer doing it myself during yeah. the week so that I can free up my weekends. Um, yeah. So for a shoot, like last week when I was shooting for three different brands, it probably took me like three hours maybe. Um, and, but that also includes like doing the, the stories and that's just on my phone, like talking to the camera or like doing a, a mirror try on type of thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, I usually like, if I have a shoot, I'll probably give myself if it's for one brand, I'll probably get myself an hour. That's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. You have an interior design background. I love your home and office style. And I totally agree with this person because it's lovely. Well, I am so flattered by that question. I don't, but um, my husband is an architect. So that has definitely helped like kind of pull everything together. And um, when we first moved to our house, I was feeling really overwhelmed. Like how, what's our style? How are we, what's our aesthetic? How are we going to make all the rooms kind of like flow and everything look good together instead of just like a bunch of random stuff. And he was like, I'm an architect. Like I do this for a living. <laughs> I think I can figure it out. So I was like, oh, okay. And he put together like a really nice mood board for us for like the different wow. rooms and, yeah, and different like textures and colors and furniture and everything. Um, so that was really helpful for um, kind of the main living areas and everything and spaces. And then for my office, 
since that's the only room that's like mine um uh-huh. I wanted to make it really girly because the rest of our house is like very neutral and it's like a lot of natural colors it's very like a lot of mid-century modern furniture it's all stuff that like my husband and I agree on in terms of uh-huh. style um so I was like well I want my office to be like super girly um and I worked with a company called Havenly to design it they're super cool they're like a, a virtual online interior designer okay um, and so that was really fun because I basically was like here is my um brand like mood board for what the fab and this is kind of like the vibe that I want in the office so it's all like what the fab brand colors like blush navy gold black white um, a little bit of like mint and um, yeah, it was really fun to to design and I feel very like inspired when I step in there every morning. I love it. And then you are so positive and have the proof that what you did worked. I'm assuming they mean, of course, with your business, because they said, do you think that you'll ever start coaching or implementing a program to help others get to the level that you are? Oh, that is so nice. Um, I am actually in the middle of launching an SEO course because that is something that I was hearing from a lot of my blogger friends that they needed help with. They didn't understand. I think, um, you know, not to stereotype, but I'm going to stereotype. Um, I feel like a lot of women are intimidated by SEO and it's kind of like, like this either bro marketing thing or mm-hmm. like techie guy thing. And I feel like a lot right. of female bloggers are kind of like, I don't know what that is. I think it's like really technical. Like I, I don't think I could ever understand it. Um, and when I learned SEO a few years ago, I was like, oh, it's actually not that hard. Like there is the tech setup side of it, but like you can easily do that yourself in a day or, you know, have a web developer help you. And then the rest of it is really just like, the the content and the the keyword research and once i understood all the kind of different steps that you need to take that is when my blog traffic really started growing and that was super exciting and um i really owe it to like some of my girlfriends in the space that taught me a lot of this um because it's turned into a whole other revenue stream for me right um, and so now that like i've kind of learned these different tactics, like done the trial and error, figure out what has worked for me. Um, I'm starting to teach it to a beta group of students who have purchased the course and they're also giving me feedback on it. Um, Uh So we're going through it live and then it'll be launching officially in the spring. And so I'm really excited about that. And I am toying with the idea of having kind of like a coach, like a group coaching membership that's kind of like an add-on as part of the course yeah I think that like some people would want to go through it just like by themselves like do their own thing and then I think some people might want like a little bit more of um kind of group support and um being able to like ask questions live and yeah I I am toying with the idea of making it like SEO specific or making it just kind of like ask any like blogger influencer questions that you want um type of thing but yeah that's that's what I'm working on in, in terms of supporting other bloggers that is super exciting so is there a way that people would be able to access that now or is that something that's coming later yes. like yeah thank you for asking um if people yeah. are interested they can add their names to the waitlist they can just go to whatthefab.com/waitlist And um, then I'll let you know when it's officially live in the spring. Okay. And we'll link that down in the show notes as well. 
Hey, so this is Jerry's favorite part. We, <laughs> the, the, we have rapid fire questions for Elise. Well, I always say I get to feel like a late night talk show. Jerry and I always feel like um, these are ways that you kind of get to know someone on a fun way. We kind of tailor them towards you. Some questions we just feel like we ask everybody because you get to know someone on a different level when you ask someone certain questions. So are you ready? Yes. Sounds fun. Okay. So number one. I mean, we know how she's going to answer some of these, but uh, number one, New York or L.A.? Oh, that one's actually really hard for me. Um, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I would say I would say New York, but only in the spring or the fall. OK, well, I told you, I said, I mean, we'll, we'll put this one on here because we think it's important, but she's going to say L.A. I, I went to school in L.A. I have family there. Um, but it's it's not my favorite place. So summer or winter goes to Los Angeles. So it's a okay, okay. balance there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Coffee or wine? Oh my gosh, that's even harder. Um <laughs> uh, probably coffee, but like it hurts me to say that. Like I couldn't <laughs> live without my morning cup of coffee, but also I live in Napa and it'd be really sad if I couldn't no. have wine. <laughs> Eat in or dine out? Oh, probably dine out. Okay. Yep. And I'll have to tell you why I asked this after I ask it. But pink, the color pink or the color green? Pink. Okay. And I asked that because to me, when I look at your aesthetic, that's not when you were talking about your colors while I go. I was, I was like, is she going to say green? Is she going to say green? I feel like I always see blush and I see green. Mm -hmm. um, and I see blues and stuff too, but I feel like I see greens. When you say mint, I was like, okay, good. She said green. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, beaches or mountains? Beaches. That one's easy. <laughs> okay. And because you travel, boat or plane? Uh, like as a mode of transportation? Yeah. Or which do you prefer to be on? Um, probably a boat. Okay. Book or audio? book okay and we just think this one has to be there this one is absolutely polarizing <laughs> ketchup or mustard ketchup okay <laughs> <laughs> i mean i like mustard too don't get me wrong but... yeah. yeah you were a little quicker on the draw than you are. Just... most people don't answer it that quick yeah okay uh number nine summer or winter summer okay number 10 Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Okay. <laughs> Those are good. Yeah. Okay. And then our most important question we feel like is what does a life well lived mean to you? I love that. Um, to me, a life well lived means living a life on your own terms. And, you know, I, I think we've all heard that. Um, that book that was written by the hospice nurse that when she asked people in their final days of life, what their biggest regret was the common theme was living a life to, to please someone else and worrying about what other people are thinking and, you know, not living your life for yourself. So I think a life well lived is living a life on your own terms and pursuing the things that bring you joy and, and make you happy. That was great. Yeah. And every time we hear that from somebody, I just feel like it gets better. I know. And once again, you have 
I just, the bar. I love everybody's <laughs> answer. And I yeah, get, they're all great. And I get chills yeah. every time somebody answers it. I love this so much. Thank you so much for doing this. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Of course, we're going to link to the SEO course down on the bottom that you have that coming up. And if, if, if you have anything else coming up, oh, and I forgot to talk about the preset. <laughs> so we're gonna we're, we're gonna we're gonna make sure that we can link where they can purchase your presets, the awesome presets down at the bottom too. But where can our listeners find you? Thank you. Yes. So the website is whatthefab.com and on Instagram I'm at WTFab. The presets are whatthefab.com slash shop. And then I also have a podcast and it streams on all the usual places, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and it's just called the What the Fab Podcast. I share all of that in the show notes, all the ways you can find Elise, all the things that you can get from her. Thank you so, so much for your time today. This was fab. Thank right? you. This was so this much fun. Thanks yeah, thank you. Yeah, it certainly was. I heard so much about you too, Elise. So it was nice to uh, get to hear you speak and hear your ideas. Oh, thank you. It was nice meeting you. Of course, you know, I I knew it was going to be a great episode and it was, and this is the truth to anyone listening. Every time I ask any of our guests to be on the episode and they say, yes, I tell Jerry and I am almost in tears and I'm ecstatic. And when Elise said yes, it was the same way. It's, um. It is amazing. You go, well, we must be doing, we must be doing something right to, uh, <laughs> to get somebody back because, um, in my mind that, uh, you know, the second I ask them thinking, I got to give them at least 10 reasons why they shouldn't do it. Um, <laughs> and I go, chair, that's replace those, uh, that negative thinking. Right. That's imposter syndrome. <laughs> that's what that is. It is imposter syndrome. And, so and immediately write down 10 reasons they should do it. Right. And right. Sh- and 10 reasons they should enjoy it. And right. We'll enjoy it together. But uh, anyway, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I just went off the, the tangent a little bit there. But no, we're just having a little fun with this, and uh, <laughs> it is. It these are always these always turn out to be a lot of fun, and just we're just so thankful to get these wonderful people. I know I go on and on about this, and and every one of our guests, I I feel like I I do fangirl over, but Elise really in this space, there there really aren't true business people. In 2017, Jerry and I started this blog and we really did it. uh, You know, we talked about this in episode one, just as a way for people to know what we were doing. I mean, people, you know, who, who are our clients and our family and friends of just wondering what in the world we were doing, were we just jumping off of a cliff or what was happening? This, this sort of crazy train going off the rails or what, but we really did it just to kind of document like a journal and to then have people ask us about our way of life and our, you know, minimalist lifestyle and, and then be intrigued by it. And, and it kind of have traction of what was happening and, and then to see that it could have a positive impact on people's lives to where it is today. And to be able to, to reach out to someone like Elise and say, Hey, what, what kinds of things, you know, could I be doing better or what other things, you know, she's just, she has been a wonderful mentor and I just love everything that she has done from a, 
from a, a business standpoint of what the fab, but also like we said in the episode, she is her true authentic self and she uses her platform in such a positive way. And she does not hold back of, you know, like we talked about it, if, if something is going on um, in the world and she wants to talk about it, she does. She's not going to put, you know, her outfit of the day. And then when something horrible is going on in the world that she, she wants to speak out about, she speaks out about it. And well, you know, I'm just repeating everything that that happened in the podcast, but I, I just really do respect the hell out of her. And I am so really, I'm just really just so thankful that she agreed to have this conversation with us. If anyone wants to take their, if their side hustle blog or anything like that to another level, I encourage you to follow her. I encourage you to listen to her podcast and I encourage you to sign up for that wait list for her SEO course that's coming up, which we're going to link in the show notes. I agree with every single thing. And I was enthralled with uh, each single moment. I will say though, too, that that was the best use of the term going off the rails on a crazy train since uh, <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne said it in song many years ago. But I just thought I'd interject that. No, but seriously, that was, uh, <laughs> Shannon said it all there. And uh, yes, I just 100% agree with every little thing. It was so nice to meet her and engage in conversation with her. If you want a heads up of our next guest and want to be a part of any of the audience questions, then that link will be down in our show notes as well. If you are looking to maybe look for a side hustle, or maybe you're on your way to your own great resignation, we have a free freelance resource guide that you can download. It's available at arneradventures.com slash resources. You can always find us at arneradventures.com on Instagram at arneradventures, also linked in the show notes. So until next time, enjoy the journey that you're on. We're wishing you lots of adventures. Bye. Bye.